How many magnets do you think are on your refrigerator? See, you can't see this side that I can see over here. There's a bunch more on my side. There's got to be like 30. Yeah, okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 30 Talk. This is the podcast dedicated to the NBC sitcom 30 Rock, created by Tina Fey. Um, I am your host, Doug, and I'm here with my man, Brandon. That's me. I'm Brandon. That's Brandon. He's totally Brandon all the time. We are here to talk about 30 Rock. This is our third episode, which uh, we have ingeniously decided to pair with the third episode of the television show. So, Brandon, I, I know there's been some confusion amongst our listeners. Uh, we're going to do one podcast per one episode. So, how many podcasts would that be at the end, then? I believe that would be 138, if I'm if I'm counting the 30 Rock episodes correctly. But, but it's important to me that you understand this. So, I need you to say it back to me. It's one podcast episode. One podcast episode. Per one TV episode. Per episode on the TV? Close enough. So when our fans have issues, we now fully comprehend what we are doing in order to discuss this so wonderful, hilarious show. Okay, Doug, here's the real question I have for you. Bring it. Do we have listeners? At this point, there's no way to know. I, I, I don't think I have we no do. no idea. We have at least two listeners. Their names are Doug and Brandon. I, I've listened to it. <laughs> You've listened to it. I guess I have not yet listened. You have not listened. So, I, I so have we not have a single a listener. listener. It is uh, me, Brandon. Yes. And considering this is the third podcast and none of them have been released yet. Right. So, Naturally. Uh, Here's yes. my thing. If you weren't required to edit them, would you listen to them? <laughs> I really, I want to say yes, but I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, okay, let's get into it. We are here to discuss episode three of 30 Rock. The episode is entitled Blind Date, um, around the main storyline being that Jack is, is setting Liz up on a blind date. The original air date for this episode was October 25th, 2006, um, and this episode was written by uh, a writer on the 30 Rock staff named John Riggi. Um, but it's time for our first segment of the episode. It's a segment entitled Brandon Reads the IMDb Synopsis. I'm going to read the IMDb synopsis. Boom. Um, oh, before we do the IMDb synopsis, yeah. um, my wife has so graciously pointed out that apparently we are totally biting off of another podcast. Hmm. And, and she's saying that because another podcast by the name of Gilmore Guys, Gilmore which Guys. is uh, very popular, very good. Um, Which is an homage to the television show Gilmore Girls. B- girls, naturally. Uh, yeah, it's called Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Their show is Gilmore Guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they read the Netflix synopsis, mm. and we are not reading the Netflix synopsis. No, we're, we're not. reading IMDb. It's That's totally right. different. That's right. So you can suck it. Yep. And listen to both of them. Listen you to both listen, of them. Listen to listen to Gilmore Guys. Here's the thing: if they do something that is funny and good. I also want to do something that is funny and good. That is weird. You know what I mean? I, I bet that when they record, they speak into microphones. Wouldn't you think? I, I would think so. They probably wear at least one shirt. I mean, there's no, way, there's no way to know, but I would assume one. 
one shirt. I think the main difference would be when they record, they probably wear pants. And and currently, that has not been true of us when we record. So, Let's read the IMDb synopsis. Yeah, go ahead. Brandon's going to read the IMDb synopsis. Jack convinces Liz to go on a date with his friend Thomas. She hadn't had a date for a year, and Liz gets quite nervous about the blind date. When her date turns out to be a woman, Liz is quite confused about how how other people see her. Meanwhile, the writing staff have a poker night with Tracy and Jack. The later one turns... That just says... That's weird. <laughs> the later one turns the usually friendly uh, game into, the, into a tough competition when he convinces everyone to play for real money. The only one who gives Jack a hard time for winning is Kenneth. That was strangely written. Very strangely written. I think it was written by a user, Mm, but... Could be. An IMDb user. Yeah, I would assume. So, I wonder if it's supposed to say ladder, because if Jack was... Yeah, that's what I would think, ladder. ladder, The ladder one? Yeah. Okay. So, so there it was. That was uh, the IMDb synopsis for episode three. poorly written. Poorly written IMDb synopsis for episode three of 30 Rock. So, so obviously, the main storyline after the episode title is Blind Date. Jack begins to um, interfere, we could say, with Liz's personal life, um, which is actually the beginning of the whole Jack-Liz mentorship. This is mm-hmm. kind of how this gets started, is when Jack begins um, meddling, or if you want to say it nicely, caring uh, <laughs> about the personal decisions of, of his, his employees, but specifically Liz Lemon. So, so he sets Liz up uh, when when Jack is describing the date to her, he tells her that it's a date with Thomas, and Liz automatically assumes that was a man, while Jack is doing some assuming of his own, and his assumption is that Liz is a lesbian. Yep. And so he is all the while speaking about Thomas, uh, who is Gretchen Thomas, and just referring to her by her last name. Um, so Liz, like the IMDb synopsis poorly stated, Liz ends up going on this date. Turns out it's a woman. Liz is not a lesbian, and hijinks ensues. Yeah, and then the second storyline is the poker game, mm-hmm. which um, I guess the the writers of TGS consistently play. Mm-hmm. And Jack decides that he wants to have some friendly competition and sort of, you know, be. It seems like he just wants to be with with people yeah. and like sort of show who he is. But then he, you know, quickly takes it over yeah. and it goes from betting for, for quarters right. to like a $25 minimum bet or something like yep. that. Yeah. Um, and which that's him, him being the executive and the vice president of, you know, East Coast Television and Microwave Oven Programming, he has the money for a $25 buy-in and a yeah. lot of these guys probably don't. Yeah. Which is why they would usually play for quarters. And so Jack comes in and, and you can see at one point uh, during, during their first poker game, they're all betting things that they can just randomly come up with uh, in their possessions. And Jack is just dropping $100 bills on the table. Um, Pete bets his wedding ring that he loses. Tracy bets his uh, play a diamond necklace necklace um frank bets what what you think is his emmy but it turns out later you find out it was actually liz's emmy yep and they all lose and jack ends up winning all of their possessions um for a while until he faces off with a new opponent in the poker game and that opponent is kenneth ellen parcel the page yeah and i guess this is when like because we've we've been we've been introduced to kenneth yes right and but this is like when 
he starts to kind of like, yeah. you know, become part of the group. Like, why is he there? He's supposed to be answering phones and right. like stuff like that. But he's, you know, here with the poker game. I would assume this is after hours. Yep. But, you know, he this is this is kind of when he starts to become part of the show as like a he's he's in people's lives. Yeah, I agree with you. And in fact, he he has such a um non-charismatic and non-presence uh, um imposing per- not not imposing presence personality that when he first uh, announces his arrival at the table no one had noticed that he had been sitting there for a while jack even says to him kenneth how long have you been sitting there you know um and, and i completely agree with you because we'll, we'll get into it later but there's a statement that jack makes about kenneth towards the end of the episode that that foreshadows whether he's right or wrong you'll have to wait and see but it foreshadows the importance of Kenneth's character yeah. and, and to this point that hadn't he very much felt like a a B character or or, or a background player in in the yeah. show uh, but I, I agree with you I think this is his first episode and we're only on the third episode but this is the one where he really elevates himself into uh, the story um, side note I didn't even think about this earlier Jenna is not in this episode at all She's not in this episode? No. She doesn't have a... She's not in a... I'm trying to think. There, There's the closing scene where they're actually playing poker, and she might be in the background there, but she has no... She's not in the A or B storyline of, of the yeah. show. And I don't... Is she in the next one either? Yeah, that's a good question. She might not have been. Um, no. Interesting. So, we'll but, but she is in every other, every other episode, yeah, so I wonder yeah. what was going on. That we, she, we're we're gonna officially title this Jenna Gate, Jenna, <laughs> Jenna Gate Fifteen. Yep. Or maybe O Six because that's when this that, actually that happened. That is but, when it happened. Okay. Either way, we'll keep you posted on Jenna's presence in the next episode, in the next podcast, because as we stated earlier, the fourth episode of the show will be our fourth episode of the podcast. That's how it works. That's how it works. Okay, so uh, Liz is on a date with uh, Gretchen Thomas and finds out that Gretchen Thomas actually is a lesbian, and so Jack was setting them up in an attempt to get these two women together. Liz is not a lesbian, but they end up staying together and having a having a nice dinner as friends anyway. Um, and it's a it's a fine evening with friends. Uh, the next morning, Liz marches into Jack's office, and one of my favorite scenes of this episode, she yells at Jack for assuming that she was a lesbian, and she says, "What makes you think I was a lesbian?" And he said, "Your shoes." And she is dejected by his statement that such a such a brash thing would be said. And so he goes, well, I, she says, well, I'm straight. And Jack says, well, those shoes are definitely bi-curious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a, like, he, it's like he had it ready. Like, he knew that she was going to fight it. He knew that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm straight. Well, those shoes are definitely bi-curious. Those shoes are definitely bi-curious. Is... And oh, it looks like, okay. I mean, she's wearing, like, general Walmart, like, knockoff Converse is what it looks yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Know? They're very, very generic looking. Um, so that's, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, sticking with um, <clears throat> sticking with Liz being, or not being a lesbian, right. but being mistaken for a lesbian, right. and she's kind of, like, starting to think about what, what other people feel or see, see her as. Yeah. Um, and... So, uh, yeah, Gretchen. Gretchen mm-hmm. Thomas mm-hmm. asked her, "Is this the first time that you've been mistaken for a lesbian?" And she sort of like thinks back. And they show and flashbacks yeah, from her life. Yeah, they're showing you know flashbacks and where she's she's playing you know playing volleyball right. and like get off, or is off to the side and um you know it. There's a couple of different like homages, I guess, yeah. to like her being a, a lesbian. Yeah, but then the. It's like she's a a baby in a in a stroller, and this old woman walks <laughs> up to her and goes, 
<laughs> oh my, what an adorable little lesbian. <laughs> and you're just like... She's like three months old. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's really funny. And in the first flashback, it shows Liz, she's playing volleyball or whatever in the background, and she's wearing a t-shirt that says Whitehaven High School, which is actually the high school that the character Liz Lemon attended. They come back to that idea in the future. So I thought that was that was an interesting interesting nod as well. Um, one, one thing is funny. In the opening scene, Liz gets mad at her coworkers uh, for playing her Sudoku puzzle. And then later that night, it shows her at home, and she's playing a, a different Sudoku puzzle. So she had her she had her heart set on, on getting that puzzle done, you know, either way. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, when Liz goes out with Gretchen uh, Thomas for a drink, she orders a Pinot Grigio. So this is the first time we hear, we'll hear it many times, Liz order a Pinot Grigio. Uh, and this is her first order, so it's Liz's favorite drink. Um, it's time for uh, a recurring segment that we do here on the show. This segment is called Frank's Hat Says. I feel like this changed. That's okay. <laughs> Frank, sometimes Frank wears a hat, and sometimes he puts words on the hat. <laughs> Tell us what's on Frank's hat. Frank's yeah. hat. Yeah. Frank's hat. That's good. So so Frank's hat actually says multiple things in this episode. I, I got three. three. Different things, you count yeah. three? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have extra sausage. Mm-hmm. Joystick master mm-hmm. and double cheese. Double cheese. Double cheese. So uh, the character of Frank uh, famously wears these hats. And this episode, and remember, we have a Frank hat counter going. Our, our original thought was 150 different hats over the course of the series. At this point, it seems like we might hit that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're doing three in an episode, That's crazy. at least, then yeah. for sure. I think there's only been one or two in the previous episodes, but if he keeps mm-hmm. up, you know, with three every once in a while. So Frank Sass has extra sausage, and joystick master, and double cheese. Uh, that's pretty funny. Well, so then can we look into the episode and think of, like, does it have anything to do with the episode? That's a good question. Um, they do. No, I don't think so. Joystick master? I mean, I just kept trying to think of, like, do they talk about games or, like, poke at games or do they, you no. know, like, double cheese? You know, like, you know, is there anything that's actually going on? And I, I feel I don't think like either is. I'm stupid or it really is just, like, it has nothing to do with the episode. They just do it. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think because they're playing poker, so that's not a video game yeah. related to the joystick. And then with extra sausage or double cheese, I would think some type of food, but it shows them at the party at the end they're having, like, shrimp cocktails but they're not like actually getting pizza or cheeseburgers or anything so <laughs> this might be uh three unrelated hats to anything uh, have else nothing to do with right. anything in the episode nothing at all yeah i think you're right um at one point i want to ask you about this twofer uses a phrase um i think it's when jack is playing all of them in poker and he's like taking them for all they're worth you know yeah and twofer says this is beyond the pale yeah and i did not know what that meant do you know no, I've heard it, but okay. I don't know. See, I've heard it used, but I, I wanted to look it up, especially because, you know, as a reminder, the twofer character is the Harvard grad who is supposed to be the high-minded, intelligent one of the bunch. And so I looked it up, uh, Beyond the Pale, and it, and it refers to the 14th century. The, the English rule uh, was kind of, you know, bordered or delineated by a boundary of you know fences and everything and 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 they called it the the pale you know and so anything that was outside of or beyond the pale was considered uncivilized because it wasn't english which basically was synonymous with 
you know, culture or civilization, yeah. you know, at that time. So anything beyond the, the pale or anything beyond those boundaries was considered just uncivilized or barbaric even maybe. And so when he says it about Jack, it's really funny because Jack is the, the wealthy vice president yeah. CEO type. And, and what he's doing is, is so debased as he's basically robbing these poor people of, of all their possessions. I mean, you steal a man's wedding ring. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about the wedding ring, though, yeah. like later on, they, they reference that because Liz is talking um, is, yeah, Liz, Liz is talking to um, Mr. Hornberger. Yeah. And he says, I can't believe that you, you bet your, I can't believe you bet your wedding yeah. ring. Yeah. And he says, I know, but the weird thing is I had money left, <laughs> <laughs> which just points to this whole, you know, um, Pete and his really just messed up life yeah like, or home life at least yep. he really doesn't seem to you know have a great, have a, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a great relationship with his wife right doesn't have a great relationship with his kids which yeah. i don't know if he's mentioned yet um but i mean it's to, to think that you would bet your wedding ring why you still have you still money have is money like what are you talking yeah, about yeah, yeah why would you do that well and then because kenneth beats jack early in the episode kenneth is able to get all these things in fact it the the poker scene ends and in the next in the next shot, it shows Kenneth wearing Tracy's diamond playa, you know, oh. ring. And he he says something to Liz about how it's shiny like diamonds, and she goes, "It is diamonds. It, it is because it is Kenneth. diamonds, Kenneth." Um, but he actually gives Pete his wedding ring back because he believes it's unlucky to you know to wear, keep a man's keep wedding a man's ring. wedding ring. Yeah. Um, so as the episode continues, Liz reaches back out to Gretchen uh, in order to hang out again, and and again, you know, Gretchen's a lesbian, but. Liz is not interested in pursuing that type of relationship with her, but uh, wants a friend. And so she calls Gretchen again, and, and Gretchen had previously stated to Liz that she was not interested in chasing a straight girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Liz reaches out to her, and they begin hanging out. They grab dinner again, and they eventually come back to uh, the TGS studio where Jack has organized a major poker night in order to face Kenneth again. Um, and we learn Kenneth's middle name in this episode, which is Kenneth Ellen <laughs> Parcel. Um, and so I thought that was pretty funny. And so Liz and, and, and Gretchen and all the TGS writers and crew, and including Jack, are now playing poker um, in kind of the, the climax of the episode. And um, Jack faces Kenneth down, and it's the two of them left at the last table. And Kenneth uh, bets, I think he raises Jack, and, and Jack eventually raises Kenneth to where Kenneth has to put his job on the line. And Jack says, if I beat you, you know, you have to go home and you are no longer a page here at NBC. So Kenneth has a terrible hand um, and he ends up losing. And then Jack reminds him, you know, he says, you know, you're you're not fired. You're not going to lose your job. I just wanted to remind you that I could fire you (laughs) because for whatever reason he felt intimidated or threatened yeah because he couldn't read him yeah because he couldn't read the whole like there was nothing there he has no tell yeah 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 so um eventually he says to kenneth i want you back here at 6 a.m to uh sweep up all the shrimp tails that we've left on the (laughs) ground (laughs) (laughs) well and and liz like you know right right as he um as kenneth loses liz says kenneth why did you bet that terrible hand yeah he goes why because I believe that life is for the living and biting off more than you can chew. Also, people are yelling, and I got confused about <laughs> the rules. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it made it made no sense at all. Um, 
when um there there's one point in the episode I don't remember where it is but Liz is walking through her apartment and she falls down and she uh, she makes this weird sound when she says ow and she goes like ow 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 or something do you yeah. remember what I'm talking about yeah okay so that's actually from a YouTube clip I don't know if you ever saw it but it was the grape stomping yeah lady. yeah. Yeah. And she does it on the series multiple times. And so that must be one of Tina Fey's actual favorite clips. But but if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and look up the grape stomping lady fall. Um, because this woman, I mean, it's just is so funny. She's she's stomping grapes with her feet in the bucket. She ends up falling out of the bucket onto the ground and makes the most awkward, annoying <laughs> pained noises you've ever heard in your life and so when liz falls down she makes those exact same noises i I thought that was pretty funny um the the so getting getting back to the the comment i was saying earlier about jack and kenneth remember we were talking about kenneth's foreshadowing into his importance role um in the show at one point after jack you know lets kenneth know that his job is is secure and he's not fired um, he says to Liz, as Kenneth is walking away, he says, in five years, we'll all either be working for him or be dead by his hand. Yeah. And you'll have to wait and see if either of those things actually come true. Uh, but beside the point, either way, it, it does kind of give you a glimpse into the fact that this Kenneth character is going to be a major, important um, player in this show. Um, <laughs> so so that's pretty funny. Um, let's see. Well, did you notice, um, well, I guess this is, is this the first time you see Liz's apartment? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. As far as I know. Cause I think it changes. It changes. Yeah. So does Jack's office. Cause Jack's office. Yeah. Jack's look office quite, changes. Yeah. Um, and so does the, the writer's room and mm-hmm. like Liz's office. Yep, the writer's Liz's room office changes. goes from like at, in the first episode in the pilot, I think it's in the middle of the wall. Yeah. Um, it's what turns into Frank's and Tufer's office. Yep. And Liz's office ends up going to the corner. Right. To the far corner. Right. Um, and that stays there the rest of the season. Yeah. Or the, the rest, rest of the, of the series, series I, yeah. I believe. But um, I just noticed her, her apartment and was like, you know, wait, that's not, that's yeah, not it's right. it's not her but apartment. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, but at the same time, you only see the kitchen. You know, you only see that strip of the kitchen, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to think in the future episodes if they ever show the kitchen. Yeah. Because of where she normally enters right. later on. Right. Anyway, that's beside the point. What did you, um, well, two things. So we talked about in the last episode um, of 30 Talk that those the first two episodes were really not liked um, by the community. Um, I think the pilot had 8 million viewers um, when it first came out. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like it. There was actually one person who said um, that the, the whole first month of 30 Rock um, is not funny. Wow. Um, so the first four episodes are just not, are not good until they figure out their stride. Yeah. Um, but so they, they started with eight, eight million viewers and then immediately lost like half that. Wow. In the second, wow. in the second, um, episode, which we said last time we felt like the pilot was, was fairly strong. And then the second episode was, was a little weaker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so this, this is the, episode that people seem to like it uh, or seem to start saying okay they're figuring something out yeah and this you know um what you said too in the beginning of the episode is you're kind of being introduced to jack and liz's relationship 
and how he sort of meddles in her life and how she sort of creates a lot of crap yeah. for his. I mean, she's like a low level employee. Yeah. Which is like, a, well, not low level, but she's, you know, a mid range employee working on one show within right. the NBC network. Right. And yet r- has constant contact with him. Yeah. Um, but Which they even make a joke to at one point. I think Jack even says, like, your your show accounts for 3% of my yearly revenue and about 80% of my time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so. I think with the introduction of that relationship, that's when people said, okay, I can, I can right. follow something here. Right. Um, yeah, I they, agree. there's a lot of this that's just sort of crazy and weird and ridiculous that I can't relate to, but I can relate to this, yeah. this weird sort of relationship that doesn't quite make sense. And so they went, they had 6 million viewers for this one. Um, and I was wondering, I was going to ask if you felt the same way. Do you feel like this is when they started to hit their stride or, you know, I, it's early on, right? But it yeah. feels it feels different. The whole sh- the it whole does. episode feels totally different. It does. It does. It, um, I think I wouldn't necessarily see. It's hard. I think when you've seen all the episodes and you know how how good the chemistry is later on, it's hard to compare this um, in a vacuum. Um, but it does get to the point where you think like that. There, there's the start of something, and I think you could recognize that you know, in the individual moment of this episode because, you know, and, and, and relatability is not necessarily something that the show strives for <laughs> all that often. Yeah. But the, the, the relationship between uh, a network television executive and a, and a head writer of a late night sketch comedy show is not many people's scenario at all, but a, a, a boss that is, you know, intertwined or interwoven with his employees and wants to meddle and that yeah. is. And so I think they took a step in the right direction and this is definitely the start of that towards relatability and towards uh, more universal appeal. Um, yeah. And, and as you said, going forward over the series of the show, the Jack and Liz, you know, relational dynamic um, is something that, that people always want to <laughs> always can, came back for. And it's, it becomes one of your favorite aspects of, of the show, in my opinion. So, yeah, so then what would you what would you rate this show? Yeah. Um I think it was out like, of us uh, from a scale of 1 to 7 and one then it seven. and then it rounds back. So 8, 9 and 10 are actually negatives. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, not not an 8. Um I would say I would probably say a 4 and a half, in between a 4 and a 5. So it's above average. Okay. Um but but Knowing where they're going, especially you know, even by the end of season one, how how much better the flow is and and yeah. the chemistry amongst the cast, um, and two, I love the Jenna character, and so not having her in this episode, you know, but I would put it above average, so let's say a four and a half. Okay, I'm just gonna give it a five just yeah. to say that you don't know sounds, what you're talking about. That sounds good, though you probably do. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Just yeah, just just because they're still sort of starting out and and figuring out what what it is that makes them funny. Yep. Um, and it didn't seem like there was as many jokes. No, it really didn't. It, it, it almost, I don't know if this was a conscious decision, but it's almost like they, they fit, they, they move towards storyline in favor of punchlines. So yeah. they move towards the, the progression of the Jack and Liz dynamic, but then also really Jack interacts with everyone. You know what I mean? Cause he's, he's at the poker game and he's having, you know, interactions with all kinds of people all kinds of the, the TGS staff that he had not previously. He mainly only ever interacted with Liz, Pete, or the, the actors, you know, Tracy and yeah. Jenna. 
But now you see him with all the writers. You see him have a major <laughs> conflict with Kenneth, you know. And so I think in order to, to move the storyline in a way that, that let Jack be involved in, in the entire outfit of TGS, I think maybe they sacrificed some jokes or they sacrificed some, some ridiculous storyline um, in order to move the overarching, you know, overarching storyline forward. Um, one yeah. thing I did want to say real quick, we're about to wrap up, but there's a moment at the final poker game where Tracy is trying yeah, to cheat. Seriously. It's one of my favorite moments of the episode. He has one of his, one of the guys from his entourage.com comes and sits down and Tracy begins to take a lap around the table looking at the other people's cards. And so he goes, Hey, uh, com's going to fill in for me. And then he goes around the table and he's looking at someone's card and he says, Hey, com, are we going to go to those three clubs later? <laughs> and then he walks around to someone else's and he goes, you know, the doctor told me I have four hearts in my body. <laughs> that was, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote that down too. I wanted to <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. And dude, it's so funny. Well, and com is great. .com is you know, great. He's, he's playing off it like it's not so obvious. Yeah. And all the writers at the table immediately fold because they're like, it's so obvious what he's doing. you know. Yeah. But Tracy is so bad at poker. At one point, he's playing poker and he's holding two of his cards backwards. And so <laughs> um, when, when Tracy's announcing what games he wants to play, he says, all right, this round is Texas doozy. Face cards are wild. Threes are jinx. Fives are twos. <laughs> And so you just see over the whole course of this whole episode how bad Tracy is at poker. And that was one of my favorite, uh, favorite, you know, running jokes uh, in this episode. So, all right, cool. We're going to wrap it up. This was The Blind Date, episode three of 30 Rock. I'm Doug. I'm Brandon. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.